Hello, folks. This is JB with Not By Works Ministries, and uh, it's Friday, January the 27th. We don't usually do uh, two podcasts a week with my friend Randy, but uh, we talked with him on Tuesday, and if you've had a chance to listen to that podcast, you know there were a lot of things going on in our world geopolitically and in terms of the uh, troop movements and uh, things happening in Russia and Ukraine. And there have been some more developments this week. And so as promised, we're going to have Randy on here in just a moment for another quick update. We won't take the full hour, but we do want to kind of highlight a few developments over the last 48 to 72 hours. Uh, But I always like to begin with a, a scripture Uh, reference. And uh, the one the Lord put on my heart today is from Proverbs chapter 2. And I want to read these uh, five or six verses here, where it says, when wisdom enters your heart and knowledge is pleasant to your soul, discretion will preserve you. Understanding will keep you, to deliver you from the way of evil, from the man who speaks perverse things, from those who leave the paths of uprightness to walk in the ways of darkness who rejoice in doing evil and delight in the perversity of the wicked, whose ways are crooked and who are devious in their paths. And uh, if you've been following our ministry very long at all, you know that we uh, are confronting head-on the Luciferian uh, conspiracy and the Luciferian evil men and women who are out there departing from the paths of uprightness, walking in the ways of darkness, walking in perversity and doing evil. Their ways are crooked, just like uh, Solomon describes here in Proverbs. Uh, and the key word here is in verse 11, discretion. Discretion. It's an interesting word in the Hebrew Old Testament. It's used 19 times across multiple different books of the Old Testament. Uh, But what's interesting about it is it has both a positive and a negative connotation. If you think about the word discretion in the passage we just read, uh, that's what's going to guard us as believers from those whose intent is evil and uh, those who we're trying to expose. Uh, But the actual Hebrew word can mean simply a project or plan of people or a project or a plan of God himself. It can mean uh, wicked scheming, wicked planning. And then, of course, it can mean discretion or prudence. So the idea here is that just as the wicked are, are scheming and plotting and planning, and they have their worldview, if you will, we are supposed to have a competing worldview that is based on the truth of God's Word. And so I hope that uh, you appreciate uh, what we are trying to do here with uh, having Randy on periodically and other guests. Essentially, uh, our mission here at Not By Works Ministries is to promote the clear, accurate, and urgent gospel message by providing commentary and insight on uh, global events and world events. And so as we do this, remember the proverb says, knowledge is pleasant to your soul and wisdom will enter your heart. And so we encourage you to take all of the data points and all of the information that we give you, run it through the grid of Scripture, and use it uh, as a a way to correctly navigate uh, these uh, troubling times in which we live. So uh, lots going on in the world. I want to remind you, by the way, uh, to join us Sunday for our live stream. We have two live streams coming up Sunday from Plum Creek Chapel in Sedalia, Colorado, the Denver metro area. You can get to those by just going to notbyworks.org and clicking on the live stream tab. Uh, but the, one of them will be at nine o'clock uh, mountain time and the other one at about 1025, 1030 mountain time in the morning. 
and really looking forward to what we have to talk about then. I'm going to be talking about Daniel's 70th week in the nine o'clock hour as we continue our review of what lies ahead. But uh, let me bring on Randy now. Uh, Randy, it's so good to have you. Appreciate you making time for us today. But as I was watching the the headlines and kind of reflecting on what you uh, talked with us about on Tuesday, I thought, man, we, we need to have you back on because uh, it seems like things are unraveling very, very quickly, don't you think? I think so, and I think we're going to see something very shortly. Uh, Vladimir Putin has told his troops to be in place and ready by February 1st. That will be, what, next Wednesday, I believe? So he's kind of given us a timeline of what he's looking at before he starts his operations. I have looked at the weather in the Ukraine. The north of the um, country is frozen. The south is starting to freeze. And I notice there are more troops being built up up in Belarus directly above Kiev. There are also amphibious ships and the Russian Navy south of Odessa. And the troops that are moving in from the east are building trenches and fortifications as they go. Now, I don't know if they're planning on having to fall back or if they're just going to make it easy if they have to, but that is taking place rapidly along with the anti-aircraft systems that are now being installed in multiple cities in Russia. And it looks like Russia is preparing for a battle that uh, we haven't seen since World War II. A um, couple of things before I get more into that. The Iran, uh, Iran has decided they want to uh, have a presence in the Panama Canal. The United States no longer controls the Panama Canal and they have warships stationed in Brazil getting ready to move into the Panama Canal probably within the next week or two. What their intentions are is anybody's guess, but they're so far from Iran, I can't imagine anything's going to be good that comes out of that. So we can look forward to that being a crisis. U.S. troops are now in Haiti, I guess is a peacekeeping move or something. Nobody really identifies what the mission is, but there are more troops being put into Haiti every day. Um, now, let me interject. Could, could the Haiti presence, could that be related to the uh, threats of war that we are sensing and that everybody is talking about from Russia, or do you think that's unrelated? Well, that's a good question. I have polled everybody I know. Uh, it seems like we want to protect the oil and um, the infrastructure there. But why we would get involved in Haiti makes no sense to me whatsoever. But they I are mean, not a strategic partner by any means. No, but geographically, I mean, I'm thinking, you know, for example, of, uh, you know, the former Russian president, uh, Dmitry Medvedev, who last, or I guess it was earlier this month, uh, talked about how the uh, the Russian, uh, I don't know if it's a warship or a sub that has the Zircon, uh, he said it should be positioned within 100 miles of the Potomac River. And then we've had other sightings of Russian warships off the coast of Hawaii, off the coast of Alaska, even off the coast of, of the eastern United States. And so I'm just wondering if geographically Haiti might might be an outpost that is strategic. Well, you know, it could be. It does have a port. It does have a government that is just uh, non-existent. So we could pretty much do what we wanted to. Uh, the ships that you talk about, the Russian frigate with the nuclear missiles is now off the um coast of South Carolina. The uh, Russian and Chinese ships are off Alaska. Russian ship is still by Hawaii. 
and it's thought that the um, Russian submarine, the Belgorod, is somewhere in the North Atlantic, which wouldn't take many days travel to put them in range of either Great Britain, the United States, or whatever target they wanted to have. So everything is playing out. Everything is in position. Um, China made it known to Mr. Biden and the rest of them the other day that uh, with their rare earths, they can shut our military down today. That's the only place we seem to be getting our supply. And uh, they said, we might just, you know, not want to sell those to you. Huh. And that would be in conjunction with the medications, the antibiotics, they've already shut down. So, um, you know, we've been thinking they're going to be ganging up on us. I think that's exactly what they're doing. They're making it subtle to begin with. And I think they're going to uh, explain things more succinctly here very shortly. Um, we definitely have the world closing in. And I just hope our government and the uh, civil servants understand that. Yeah, I, you know, another thing that, uh, and, I, and you may have this on your list as well, but, um, you know, I'm looking at the Department of Defense website and on January 24th, which was Monday, I think that was Monday, right? Uh, 27, 26, 20, Monday or Tuesday, um, they uh, they announced that the U.S. and Israel were kicking off a joint military exercise called Juniper Oak, uh, Juniper Oak. And uh, it's uh, basically the largest, uh, most significant joint live fire military exercise to date with over 7,500 combined personnel between the U.S. and Israel, 140 aircraft, 12 naval vessels. Um, and, you know, the, the idea is they're trying to send a signal to, uh, I, I presume, Iran, but I wonder if that's also just an opportunity to kind of showcase, you know, our military power to Russia. Well, probably very likely, but you're right. They are they are basing basing it on an attack against Iran's nuclear production facilities. Uh, Iran is known to have enough nuclear missile enough. What do I want to say? Nuclear material to create four bombs, and they think two may have already been created. And um, Israel has said many times, Netanyahu supposedly is not going to let this happen. So I would expect an attack there very shortly. Now, Israel is completely able to make the attack by themselves, but they need cover from the United States on the way out. And I believe that was probably one of those things that uh, they were practicing. But Israel has also reneged on their promise to send aid to Ukraine. They decided not to send missile systems or anything else. They're sending humanitarian aid. So you can see that they're still trying to have good relations with the Russians, which tells me uh, either more attacks on Syria are coming or there will be something directly against Iran. So you can look for that probably in the next month because they've got to get it done and they've got to get it done soon. Hmm. Now, in conjunction with that Juniper Oaks, um, we noticed that some of the United States' B-52s left that area and headed off towards Europe. They don't say where they were flying to. We don't know for sure how many of them there were, but I would imagine they are flying into Ramstein in Germany, possibly into Poland, or maybe even into Great Britain. It's hard to tell. You can rest assured that those B-52s are on 24-7 watch, which means they are loaded with nukes and they are ready to scramble anytime they need to. Um, Estonia, Lithuania, 
have um, seen the Russian diplomats leave, which is a bad omen. Uh, that kind of tells you that Russia is planning something for them probably in the near future in conjunction with Ukraine. Um, it's very concerning. We've all been excited about the tanks or hearing about the tanks that uh, Portugal is now going to go ahead and submit some. We have the challengers from Britain. We have the German tanks. Supposedly some other tanks are coming from other countries. But I've been watching the United States very closely. Biden promised 31 Abrams tanks the other day. Not a day later, they came out and said, well, they've got top secret armor, so we can't give them any of these. We're going to have to manufacture them. Last night late, they dumped another story that said, we don't have enough in our inventory to supply them any. Now, that makes me wonder, is Germany going to be supplying tanks now? Is everybody going to get cold feet? Are we getting cold feet because we know that as soon as those tanks are put into use in Poland, in Ukraine or whatever, we are in fact going to be at war with Russia. Some of the foreign ministers in the European Union have admitted we're at war with Russia. They no longer even say, you know, Ukraine's involved. So Russia, NATO, the United States, we all know what's going on. It's a proxy war. And it's just a matter of when it breaks through. Now, one thing that came out last night late, Putin said, if you use any of your depleted uranium shells, which the Abrams tank, the Air Force A-10, and a lot of our ships use for anti-aircraft purposes, he will consider that an attack by a dirty bomb, and he will respond accordingly. Now, that leads me to believe the first time one of those is shot, since we're the ones that manufacture it, we're going to have a direct confrontation with Russia, whether it be conventional, whether it be cyber, whatever. But the the line is getting thinner and thinner by the day. Now, so there's so many things happening and they, and isolated by themselves, they seem small. But when you kind of step back and get the, you know, the 35,000 foot view, you kind of wonder if they might not be connected. For example, I also saw that, you know, Syria and Russia are rebuilding a small, you know, air base uh, there in in Aleppo. And our listeners will probably remember the name Aleppo from back during the Syrian conflict a few years ago. Um, But, uh, you know, the Damascus airport has been regularly receiving visits from the Israeli Air Force uh, whenever a new shipment of military material arrives from uh, Iran. So it's, it's just... You know, you have to wonder what's going on with Syria. And again, as we talked about Tuesday, all of these countries that we that we keep bringing up in the course of this conversation that keep making their way to the news are listed biblically in Ezekiel 38 as participating in the Gog-Magog war. Um, So do you think here's another question that I had. Is it possible that all of this stuff in Russia with Ukraine and us, you know, sending troops over there and working together, uh, you know, to try to help uh, them. Is it possible that that's really a distraction? And at some point, China is going to uh, go into Taiwan, and we're going to be kind of ill prepared because we've spread our resources too thin. Well, I don't think there's any question of China moving into Taiwan. I think it's basically a win. Um, the Christian on un- enclave that we have talked about in 
Armenia before is under direct attack now. They are being shot at and assaulted every day by Azerbaijan forces. So we know things are starting to act up there. We also know that Russia is ready for anything. The missiles are in position. Uh, the lids on the silos are off. We know that they're getting their ships in the Atlantic and the Pacific ready to cut communications and the launch if necessary. And China has been very quiet. We haven't heard much out of there except them sending planes to Taiwan every day. But I can assure you they are going to pounce on any situation that arises where America is being um, attacked or involved with the Russians because I noticed where the carriers are supposedly at this morning. We don't have anything within a week of where the outbreak, the hostilities would be between the Chinese and the Taiwanese. In other words, we can't get there in time to stop it. I don't yeah, know if I mean, that's on purpose or just bad planning. Yeah, you, you definitely get the sense that it's the calm before the storm in, in, in some sense. But, you know, uh, I want to clarify that, you know, because we've talked about Russia and Ukraine for almost a year now. Um, mm -hmm. I, I've said and was early, you know, early on, I pointed out that it's not, you know, a, a simple matter of Ukraine good, Russia bad. Uh, I think both Zelensky and Putin are uh, instruments of evil and that uh, they're both connected to Davos and Klaus Schwab. And uh, this is it's never about what it's about. But at the same time, a lot of uh, military experts who know a lot more about this than I do, uh, people like yourself, have pointed out that it is really essential that we stop Russia, not necessarily just because we're allies with Ukraine, but because we know Russia's plan, we 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 know Putin's plan is to keep moving and conquering states. I mean, it's 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 just eerily similar, uh, and I don't want to be too hyperbolic here, but it's eerily similar to what was happening in the early '30s. And you know, we we want to make sure that we're not that, that we're paying attention and not caught off guard because if if Putin gets his way, he's going to take back the Baltic states. He's going to you know continue to you know, potentially move south, as we've talked about, through Belarus and places like that. And again, it just uh, not not saying this is the the Gog Magog battle. Again, my view is that that happens after the rapture, prior to the start of the 70th week of Daniel. Uh, but certainly the stage is being set for that. And it seems like we're leading up to some type of global conflagration that will uh, potentially, you know, involve the United States. That's the globalists' goal. They want to bring down America, uh, and they, to do that, you know, they've been saying for decades now that they've got to have some type of uh, attack on American soil that decapitates American military response, so that we have no choice but to seek help from the newly emerging one world government and say, hey, can you help us? And then then we're basically left with no option but just signing on to the new, you know, one world system. Is that kind exactly. of do you kind of see how see it playing out that way? Definitely. And something else to come up two days ago, you, you always hear this stuff late at night, and then it's not repeated by our media in the morning. But the um, media the other night in the um Russia-Ukraine area, said that Putin's goal is to move through Ukraine and meet up with the Transnistria group in Moldova. So that means he's planning on going all of the way through Ukraine 
at least in the southern portion of it, and then moving down into Moldova. Once he does that, he's got Romania, Hungary, and Bulgaria, and he's right there with Turkey. Now, right. Turkey keeps flowing away from us more every day. I think that is the goal. I think they're trying to keep it quiet. But Romania, Bulgaria, Hungary, they're, they're not going to put up enough of a fight to make it worth their time. Yeah. I mean, and Finland, you know, is now saying that they would potentially join uh, NATO without Sweden. And and again, we don't know what we don't know. And certainly we understand, and I've, I've written about this in my Spirit of the Antichrist books, that the mainstream media in the United States is completely controlled. It's a complete propaganda machine. You can't believe anything that you hear. Uh, so, it, but what you have to do is interpret what's happening. And so when I see headlines like, you know, Finland considers joining NATO without Sweden, it makes me wonder, what do the political leaders in Finland know that we don't? Why are they so eager to you know, become uh, kind of uh, under the umbrella of a larger defense team? Uh, it's like they might have, you know, intelligence sources that are letting them know, hey, Russia is really on the verge of, t of taking some major action. Uh, so, you know, you just you hear so many uh, things happening. Brazil and Venezuela are getting chummy again. And it just seems like um, there's just a lot going on. And meanwhile, of course, you know, our government is and media are just kind of distracting us with all, all kinds of other things. So um, any other before we kind of wrap up today, I just wanted to kind of give you a chance to uh, to, to talk about Russia. And I guess the takeaway that I'm hearing is that the the drumbeats of war are getting louder Everything that they are saying and doing seems to be leading, you know, toward the conclusion there that they're about to launch some major offensive. Is that is that a fair assessment? I would say that anytime after February first, you can look forward to it. Russia's yeah. moved their satellites into range of the GPS satellites the United States provides, and they have threatened to take those out all at once. Um, when you look at how they're preparing in the Ukraine how the ships are being positioned around the United States. I think we're either going to be in the biggest war we've ever been in, or we're going to capitulate. They're going to tell Biden, look, you're surrounded. You cannot win. Do you really want to go to war over the Ukraine? And if I was the Ukraine and NATO, I would take a long pause before I did anything based on what the United States is saying they're going to do. I can see Biden jumping ship like he did in Afghanistan and saying, hey, you know, we really don't want to be in your war. We've given you a bunch of money, but we're out of it now. <laughs> so times, time, these are dire times and nobody knows what yeah. he is thinking. Yeah, you mentioned, you know, looking forward. I don't think anybody looks forward to what might happen, but we certainly look for it to happen because we uh, we see the signs of the times. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I could see it going one of two ways with Ukraine. I could see us getting uh, uh, drawn into that battle uh, to kind of defend Ukraine, at least uh, ostensibly, but ultimately it's about defending what what might come after Ukraine, uh, which, you know, if that happens, that could be what ultimately leads to our weakening and, and eventually the downfall. But I could also see what you're saying where, you know, we might decide at the last minute, no, we can't afford to go into Ukraine uh, because of other things happening in other parts of the world. And 
and and then when that happens, then Russia just continues to blow right through, make major advancements, and then uh, they are strengthened, and are at the same time some of our NATO allies are weakened, and so either way, it, it's it, it's kind of a catch uh, a catch twenty two. And and one last thing before we wrap up that I think we need to be aware of is that you know in addition to all the military stuff that we're talking about. Uh, if I'm right about the fall of America, which the Luciferians have been planning for 100 years, uh, and that they they really believe they're getting to the the end game uh, of it, uh, then I could see other things happening simultaneously, such as some type of uh, takeover of the grid, the electronic grid, or shutting down the internet so that we don't have. Uh, information. And by the way, when that happens, what they'll do is they'll miraculously say, we've been able to rekindle some certain system that only has one channel and only allows you to hear, you know, the official government, uh, you know, reports. Uh, and then, and but but you don't have any other access to internet sources. Uh, this is kind of like what China does. You know, China has the internet, but it's completely controlled and they can turn on and off what access to, to certain types of information. So I could see something like that happening, you know, at the World Economic Economic Forum last week, uh, they talked about uh, the internet and how important that is, and and you could just kind of got the takeaway, though they didn't come right out and say it, that you know they are planning to do a full scale takeover of the internet so that they can then use it to completely uh, control the the flow of information and and use it for propaganda purposes. So um, lots going on in the world. We will have to talk again early next week uh, if the rapture doesn't happen. If it does, we we won't have our podcast, uh, but we will rejoice in the air with our loved ones that have gone before us and meet the Lord face to face. But I want to wrap up with one more verse to just by way of encouragement. This comes from um, uh, Psalm 46, one of the Psalms of the sons of Korah. And uh, very familiar, I'm sure, to many believers. It begins, God is our refuge and strength, the very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, even though the earth be removed and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though its waters roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with its swelling. Uh, And then he goes on to say in verse 10, um, uh, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. And that's what I want to remind us of, that we know who wins in the end. Uh, God is in control. Uh, when he when the psalmist there says, be still, that means stop striving. Uh, stop trying to take matters into your own hands. Stop doing battle with enemy nations and let God be God. Uh, because indeed, one day God will be exalted among the nations and will be exalted on the earth. So, uh, Thank you, Randy. Sure appreciate you being with us. You bet. Have a great weekend. You too. And, and and thanks to everyone. Reminder to join in Sunday for the live stream at notbyworks.org. Feel free to reach out to us anytime at our website, notbyworks.org. We'd love, to, love hearing from you. And if we can ever help with anything, uh, please uh, give us a shout. God bless everyone. Have a great weekend.